Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Kindly please move forward. Lord, every one of us, inshallah. Please move forward and ensure there are no gaps in between. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Allahumma salli wa sallim ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala Ali Sayyidina Muhammad wa barik wa sallim. Rabbi shahli sadri wa sirli amri wa ahlul uqdatan min lisani yafqahu qawli. Subhanaka la ilmanana illa ma'alimtana. Subhanaka la ilmanana illa ma'alimtana. Subhanaka la ilmanana illa ma'alimtana. Allahumma alimna ma yanfa'una wa anfa'na bi ma'alimtana. وزدنا علما وعملا اللهم نور قلوبنا بعلمك واستعمل ابداننا لطاعتك ووفقنا لما تحب وترضى من قولي والعمل والفعل والنية والهداء إنك على كل شيء قدير يا وهاب يا وهاب يا وهاب يا فتاح يا فتاح يا فتاح يا جبار يا جبار يا جبار قال الله سبحانه وتعالى ربنا أتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار صدق الله العظيم beloved friends dear brothers and sisters elders guests at the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the students of knowledge assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh we thank almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala most gracious most merciful who's blessed us to be in the masjid today and in the comfort in the comfort that we're enjoying here in this with the safety alhamdulillah and with all the luxuries that are, are have been provided for us here in this part of the world as well as in, in our specific part of uh, specific lives the amount of blessings, the countless blessings Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has awarded us all. And at the top of all of that is the blessing of Iman, the blessing of recognizing Allah, the blessing of deen, the blessing of being connected to His house, and the blessing of being able to make it out here uh, in the, to the masjid. This is uh, most definitely uh, the greatest blessing that we all have. And if once a person has this blessing, then the rest of the issues of this world can be taken care of. And a person can understand that. And a person can, you know, make do with it. But if a person is miss, missing out on this blessing, then he has nothing. And so, as a believer, we are taught that we have to make an effort and dua for the betterment of our world, life on earth, as well as a betterment of the future. The beauty of our deen is that it's so pragmatic and it's so realistic. And it is uh, very, um, you know, it it is something that every single one of us can, if we take a moment and reflect, we'll see how it is a deen that is extremely logical. And it is of greatest benefit to anyone who wants to adopt it. So today I'd like to share one dua of the Prophet ﷺ that there was rarely a gathering in which he did not recite this dua. This was his habit. That he would always recite this dua in all his gatherings. And hopefully inshallah we can also memorize it and make a, a, a point to recite this dua as, as often as possible in, in any gathering that we're in. And from this dua you'll understand the comprehensive nature of this deen. And the comprehensive nature of Rasulullah's prophethood as well. And the dua is Allahumma aslihli dini alladhi huwa ismatu amri, wa aslihli dunyaya alladhi fiha maashi, wa aslihli akhirati alladhi fiha maadi, wa jalil hayata ziyadatan lana fi kulli khair, wa jalil mauta rahatan lana min kulli shar. This is a dua that has been narrated in Sahih Muslim. The Prophet is saying, Oh Allah, Aslihli dini amri. Rectify for me. Rectify for me. Deen, my religion, my deen. Okay? Oh yeah, Allah, please take care of me. The first thing we're going to ask Allah is to take care of our deen. 
Oh Allah, please take care of my deen. Now my deen, why is it? How important is it? Huwa ismatu amri. This is the crux of all my affairs. Isma. It's something you use to protect yourself. If I have my deen, I can protect myself from all the difficulties of this world. If I have my deen, I can protect myself from all the difficulties of the future life. Whatever difficulty any one of us is going through, if our deen is intact, we can take care of it. And this is what you see happening overseas. Every single day, the latest type of reports that come out, uh, subhanAllah, we hear about Gaza. Just last night I was just reading about the West Bank. That while whatever is happening in Gaza, everyone is focusing on Gaza, but the unbelievable oppression that is happening quietly in the West Bank is, uh, is, 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 is really heartbreaking. Because, and it's very clearly being mentioned that the, the, um, uh, the world's attention is on Gaza. So now the settlers have thought that this is a very good time for us to uh, you know, uh, grab the land of, of the Palestinians and kill and uh, pillage and intimidate people. So the, the, the level of um, you know, audacity and fearlessness and shamelessness that the settlers have is seriously just yeah, it is sickening to say the least, to say the least. But uh, in there, in one case was it where, you know, just yesterday there was a janazah, four people randomly just unfortunately killed. And in the janazah, um, you know, while the janazah, without even, forget about arms, they have no arms. They didn't even have carry Palestinian flags. They didn't want to intimidate, they didn't want to cause any problems. No flags, nothing. Quietly just taking the janazah, another two, two got shot and killed. And it's point black, right in the stomach, right in the face. Father and a daughter, right, you know, in the one in the face. Six-year-old. Um, no one is speaking about this, but how many things we can speak about? Subhanallah. But what was just having read that, which you know made me sick in the stomach, was the father, uh, the the uncle who who was who was trying to go for the janazah of the other four, trying to go get the bodies from the morgue of the four, and on the way back he lost two, two of his relatives. But he, is, he just says, like, okay, he got hit, shot in the stomach, got shot in the face. And, um, you know, uh, in the English translation in the BBC article, it was just, whatever Allah will does happen, and, you know, we trust and we, we put our reliance on Allah. It's, it's written in, the, in English. Uh, you, again, you see this unbelievable level of faith, unbelievable level of iman. That person has, has lost, you know, innocent people for no reason. But because he has deen, he has a perspective on it, that allows him to move forward and that allows him to come out as a winner. You know the famous story of, um, uh, of Haram bin Milhan, I think it was, or I'm forgetting who it was. Uh, but one of, one of the companions of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, where, um, it's a beautiful story, where the, the disbelievers in, in, in the midst of a battle were able to get a, uh, a, a believer pinned to the ground. And he pinned him to the ground and he um, killed him. It was a battle. And as he was killing him, uh, he said, as he, as, he, as he breathed his last, and he died in the battlefield, the Muslim said, Fustu wa Rabbil Ka'bah. I swear I have become successful while I take an oath on the Lord of the Kaaba. So he's dying, and he's saying to the killer, Alhamdulillah, I promise, in the Lord of the Kaaba, I am successful. So that, was, that really hit him, that the killer... The, in, the, in the battle and he said Why? this person I've just killed how is it possible that he is successful <laughs> he died he's gone 
how is it he, he's saying with an oath on the Lord of the Kaaba that he's successful? And that, those words, subhanAllah, became the means of the killer's hidayah. He thought about it, thought about it, thought about it, eventually went to the Prophet wasallam and took shahada and became a Muslim. Because it, it could, he couldn't believe that someone could be dying and could be saying he's successful. And that's what the perspective as a Muslim gives you. That when you are, when you are a true believer, that no matter what the situation is, you always see success in it. And, and this is the benefit of having the deen taken care of. So going back to this dua, Allahumma aslih li deeni alladhi u'asmati amri. Ya Allah, take care of my deen, which is the crux of all my affairs. Um, another dua connected to this first part. Allahumma la taj'al musibatana fi deenina. Oh Allah, do not allow our musibah and our difficulty and our test to be in our deen. First of all, we don't want to get tested anyway. But if we get tested, we'd rather get tested in the dunya. We'd rather get tested by loss of some money, a loss of this and loss of that. But the last thing which we hope we never ever have to suffer is that a test in our deen. And that's what we see today happening in this part of the country or this part of the world rather, is that the, deen, the, the dunya may not be being tested as much. But what is being tested is our deen. That people are left and right, not practicing the deen, and are involved in fulfillment of their lustful desires. Although they have all the dunya and the blessings of this dunya at their feet, but unfortunately these blessings are becoming a means of, uh, you know, of, of building up, of, of destroying their akhirah. So the imtihan, in the third world country is in the dunya. And the imtihan in the first world country is in our deen. And this is why it's scary. Because you know, we all have to go. Sooner and later. Today, tomorrow, we all we're going. But if we lose our deen, then what awaits us in the future is, is nothing but evil. You know when they say someone died peacefully in their death. And we say this, Muslims say this, non-Muslims say it, everyone says it about everyone. But honestly, who died peacefully and who didn't, we don't know. It may seem to you and I peaceful, but what actually is happening in the world of the unseen, no one knows. That person could have been had the most pitiful, most worst death. But you may not see that. You may not see all the tug of war that the angels are having with his soul. You may not see the angels you know, hitting his face and his back uh, with, with their axes as they drag the soul out. يَضْرِبُونَ وَجُوهَهُمْ وَأَدْبَارَهُمْ As Allah says. That they'll be hitting their faces and their backs. وَذُوقُوا عَذَابَ الْحَرِيقِ And telling them to taste the punishment of, of the burning. Taste the punishment of hellfire. We don't know what's, what discussion the angel of death is having. We don't even know what the, what, in what shape and form the angel of death is descending upon the, the, malaika, the, the disbeliever. But we say a person died peacefully. Who knows he died peacefully or not? Do you know Aisha radiallahu says that after she saw Rasulullah passing away, she saw him pass away with a lot of pain. She saw him pass away with having a very, very, very bad headache. She saw him pass away with a lot of fever. She saw him pass away with his hand in a bowl of water and say, Inna lil sakarat. Indeed, death has its difficulties. Death has its pangs. This is the Nabi of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, having a difficult time at, at death. Allahu Akbar. She said, after seeing my husband and my Nabi pass away like this, after that, I realized that I'm not going to judge things based on death. Because there's no doubt that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam is the best of the best of the best. 
But the fact that he had this difficult death does not mean that he is in some bad relationship with Allah or he is, Allah is unhappy with him. This difficulty of death is simply the final way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala granted him an extremely high status in Jannah. This difficulty Allah intended for him to go through so that what awaits for him in Jannah could be unbelievably more than whatever he expected. And so difficulty at death is at times for a believer the greatest mercy. And the flip side of it as it comes in hadith, that ease at death at times becomes the, one of the greatest punishments for a disbeliever. How is that so? That a disbeliever has nothing, he's done so much, for example, so much oppression or so much sin that he's, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is waiting to punish him. However, not, not every single disbeliever is only going to do sinful things. They're going to be doing nice things. They're going to be doing kind things as well. Subhanallah. There are many beautiful non-Muslims who do amazing things of kindness. So now what are we going to do about that? On the day of judgment, no one is going to get oppressed in the least. So you have some, a, non, a disbeliever who's done something good. We need to settle the score. We need to settle the debts. We don't want him to come on the day of judgment and say, Ya Allah, what about this? What about that? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives this person an easy death. And on the day of judgment when he says, Ya Allah, what about all the good that I done? And the answer will be given to him. Don't you remember your death? Your death was easy. It wasn't painful. And that cancels out your whole debt. Subhanallah. Right? Anything you're supposed to be getting in, in reward for the difficulty you went through has been taken care of because of the fact that you have had an easy death. So look, the ending is so different. Rasulullah going through so much difficulty. Disbeliever at times going through ease. You can't judge things based on, based on what you see. What is actually happening inside, only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows. Right? So this is telling us that as long as the deen is present, then no matter what the situation may be, inshallah we'll get out of it. Right? And, and, and so as those people who are passing away, like for example, third world countries are speaking about, um, uh, you know, in Africa right now, in so many parts of Africa, there is unprecedented levels of, of, of starvation. No, I mean, it's, how, exactly, you have only five items to speak on the top news items, right? How is it going to happen? We don't hear about these things. Whether it's Nigeria, whether it's you know, Ghana, whether it is Somalia, and whether it's Malawi, unbelievable levels of, of poverty. People are, uh, one of my classmates from Malawi yesterday, I spoke to him, he said, you know what, I went full prepared to speak about Palestine in my town, in Malawi, in Africa. He said, but I couldn't. Because exactly, if you have something in front of you, you're going to speak about that. He said, but I went to go speak, I went to visit an old man in his hut on Thursday or before Salat al-Jum'ah. And he said, that scene was just so powerful that I, I had to speak about that. What was that scene? He was explaining to me and he sent me a picture. And he said he went to go visit an old Muslim man who's sitting in a small teeny, maybe, maybe, maybe six feet by six feet type of hut, six feet by six feet type of hut, made out of straw. And everything he has inside there, bathroom, shower, sleep, everything in there, which is basically, you can imagine, an unbelievable mess. No one to take care of him. You, can, you know, he's basically saying, every, it's like one toilet, you're sleeping in the toilet type of thing like that. Everything is all over the place. And on top of that, the man has got nothing to eat. You know, he's literally probably got bathroom all over the place and, and whatnot. But on top of that, he's not dying because of that. He's dying because of starvation, right? Muslim brother, dying because of starvation. There's nothing there. Who, how he doesn't have the ability to walk out and go ask for food or anything like that. There are thousands, thousands of people as we speak right now who are literally dying out of starvation, which is the most painful way I think a person can die. 
Those are believers. Those are Muslims. The other day I told you last week, he, my own friend again told me, he attended a Salat al-Janazah of a father and son who didn't die by a bullet, but they died subhanAllah after having eaten a poisonous root because their food has come to an end. People are eating uh, plants, people are eating roots, people are eating grass, people are eating uh, leaves. And unfortunately, some of these are poisonous. So imagine a father and a young son die out of the poison, poisonous plant that they've eaten because they've got nothing else to eat. And how does that even fill you up your belly? Right? How does that help you in your, in your nutrition? Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant all of these people the highest levels of Jannah. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continue to grant them sabr and patience. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala provide them for, uh, from His infinite treasures, food. And may Allah allow us all to do our part to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the blessings of food that we're enjoying and, and financially and beyond that any other way we can participate by donating to all these, to these causes. Ameen ya Rabbil Alameen. But brothers, it goes back to the point of Islah of our deen. If the deen is right, then a person will, will, no matter what the situation is, he will die in a state that he, Allah is pleased with him and he is pleased with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala based on what he sees. That's why this is the first thing. To Allah take care of my deen, which is the crux of my affairs. Number two, وَأَصْلِحْ لِي دُنْيَا Oh Allah, take care of my dunya. Make my dunya easy, comfortable, and righteous, and upright. Why should some of the ulama, the commentators on this hadith say, it's as though Rasulullah is giving an excuse also, why are we asking Allah to take care of our dunya? Live in this dunya as though you're a traveler or a stranger. Why should you worry about the dunya? Allah, take care of my dunya. Because I live in it. There's no way I'm going to get to the akhirah unless I go through the dunya. And as long as I'm in here, I want you to please take care of my affairs over here. For example, if a person's dunya is not good, dunya doesn't just mean wealth. Dunya means also peace, comfort. If you don't have that, you can't worship Allah. Like you've come here, you're sitting peacefully because alhamdulillah, you don't, you're not worried about your home right now. You're not worried of some attackers coming to your home. Allah forbid, if that was your worry, you and I wouldn't be able to make it over here. But we are here because, alhamdulillah, we have safety at home. We feel comfortable. And that's why we're sitting in the masjid like this. So we're asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to take care of the affairs of our dunya in which we live. Because if the asbab of this dunya are not taken care of, then we will not be able to go to the akhirah. One of the ulama said something very nice. He said, for a believer, again, only for a believer, the asbab, the means of this dunya. What do you mean by means? Wealth, health, money, contacts, relationships, peace and comfort. All of these are called means, means of this dunya. He said that for a believer, the means of this dunya in reality is a means to build a beautiful Jannah. For a believer, when you say, Alhamdulillah, Allah has blessed me with a lot of money. Great. What do you do with that money? What's the purpose that Allah has given you this money? It's not to just spend over here. No. It's to spend. Correct. But it's to spend in a manner that you will have a beautiful Jannah. That's the purpose Allah has given a believer money. Why a person has contacts. Prince says, I'm very well connected. What is it? Is it only to make our children's businesses grow? and to fill our bellies and our children's bellies? No. Relationships is to help people who are in difficulty get their needs fulfilled and thereby get your Jannah made. So if you are politically connected or you are uh, you know, business-wise connected or you, are, you have wealth or you have health or you have a huge family, all of these blessings of Allah have been given to a believer so he can build his Akhirah. 
Usually what happens is a person, as soon as he gets enough money, he's the first thing I want to do is I want to buy a piece of land and build a huge home. Because now I've got money which I didn't have before, which my mom and dad did not have. Now I have this. Fine, but that's not the purpose for a believer. For a believer, his main goal should be, although he will of course take care of its things here too, but the main thing is, Alhamdulillah, I hit the gold pot. I hit the jackpot. Now with this jackpot, I am going to build my akhirah. I am going to build my future. That's the way a believer thinks. You see, we, we, our approach to life is just completely different. Because we know there's a place coming. You know, t- new money that's coming into the youth, many of the youth are you're making money here and there in this different types of things. And so many times they become trigger happy. And within one month, they b- buy an exotic car. Within three months, they are living in a, the most expensive apartment or a penthouse. Within a year, they've got the, the most expensive home. There are people that are far wealthier than these young people. They've got generational wealth. Or they've got their own wealth that they've built over 50 years. Old, but they're very conservative in their spending. So they, won't, they'll be, they'll, they will be sitting on millions, but you'll see their car will be very simple. Sitting on millions, will be, have a very ho- simple home. Both Muslim and non-Muslim. Because they have a different strategy of investment. They have a different strategy of, ex- of expenditure. For a believer, for example, is that this dunya is not all. I want to have, you know they say you have to keep money for rainy days. The kids don't think about that. The kids, they want to go spend, 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 and they're like, yeah, forget it. When you get rain, you know, we'll just have an umbrella. We'll sleep under an umbrella. <laughs> right? They're not thinking. But the, uh, the, 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 the other, other elders will say, no, you cannot, son, just spend all your money overnight like this. You have to put into investments. You have to put into different stocks. You have to put into different funds. And you have to be conservative in your spending and so forth. So that's what we call intelligent, you know, intelligence on their part that they are not just, uh, uh, you know, uh, grab and enjoy right now. They have self-control and they know how to budget the, their things properly. Right? That's the word. The, the magic word is budgeting. So a believer knows how to budget like no other. Because his budget doesn't end at death. He prepares for ma ba'd al-mawt, after death. That's the uniqueness of a believer. So when he does his budget, he's got he's making $3,000 a month. He's making $30,000 a month. Whatever it may be. Part of his budget is, how much of this is for sadaqah? Because why? I need to keep it for a rainy day. And it's only rain out there. It's only problems on the akhirah. Sadaqah is what's going to save us. So he has allocated a, a certain percentage every single month from his small or large salary for sadaqah. He has appointed a certain amount of that salary to give to his parents. He has done a portion of that to give to his poor siblings. For some of his cousins overseas who don't have anything. He has allocated all of these things. These are not, he's not just there trying to help people. Who is he trying to help? He's trying to help himself. He is budgeted properly so that when he dies and he goes to the hereafter, Alhamdulillah, he's got a nice fat retirement fund that he can bank on. This is how a believer thinks. But you won't be able to have a nice fat retirement fund for the akhirah unless you have what? Unless you have some money here. Unless you, you're not going to be able to sit and do a lots of you know, ibadah if you don't have food and comfort. That's what Nabi wasallam said in one instance. He said, كَادَ الْفَقْرُ أَنْ يَكُونَ kufra." That poverty may lead to disbelief. Poverty may lead to disbelief. Look at those brothers and sisters overseas in Africa, for example, who, are not, who don't have food, they are being enticed by NGOs 
and by non-Muslim right here within two, three square miles of where we are right now. There are massive organizations, Christian organizations, evangelical Christian organizations that are pouring in millions of dollars in different parts of the Muslim world where there's no food. And they collect it right here, right here at the, at the stoplights, right? The money that's being collected, many times going right back to our Muslim countries where unfortunately we don't have a foot on the ground and they are going and spending money uh, one, one convert was telling me the church his grandmother used to go to once he went with her and he was telling me on every Sunday they have different fundraisers mostly for Africa mostly for you know humanitarian things and just to tell you the type of money that's raised he said, in, he said every Sunday they got a different project he said one, the Sunday he went to go visit they were raising money for one country in Africa to you know dig wells and food and whatnot. and how much they raise in Sunday service $300,000 Right, three hundred. This is day every Sunday they're raising three hundred thousand dollars going into, which is Alhamdulillah, wells, foods, which is great, but it unfortunately comes with a price. Comes with the price is you know what you got to come to the church, right? You got to leave your deen. You got to start attending Bible Bible service. That's not happening elsewhere. It's happening right here in Wheaton, right? Right here in Wheaton. I saw with my own eyes about eight ten years ago, on a Sunday morning. I just happened to be driving by a big white church van coming and picking up all these Muslim brothers from Somalia, from Sudan, subhanAllah, and sitting and going. This is, this is not, it's happened right under our nose. The center of that is just next door at Wheaton. This is what the hadith is speaking about. kufra. That poverty may lead to kufr. That if a person does not have food, what are you going to do? Food, what are you going to do? You need bread. You need to eat. So if someone says, okay, I'll give you bread, but you gotta come and just take the Bible service, you know, in the, in the, in the church, come take Bible, uh, study, uh, study the Bible. A person, what is he gonna do? Let's ask, beg Allah, he never puts you and I in a situation like that. But honestly, if your situation was like that, and your children are, are dying hungry, your wife is dying starving, yourself as well, you don't have time to think, man. You say, just give me food. I'll do whatever you need me to do, because I need to, I need to live. SubhanAllah. So this is why our dunya, we're asking Allah to take care of our dunya. Because we don't want to lose our deen. And we don't want to have, be bankrupt when we get to the hereafter. So beloved friends, I'm reiterating this point. To have a comfortable good dunya is very good. Something, Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana. You ask Allah for ease in this dunya. But the maqsad and the purpose is not the dunya. The purpose is the akhirah. And that's why... Um, there, I gave one day a khatira here about just wealth, right? About the benefits of wealth. And how in the, in, in, in the Salaf, the pious elders, some of the ulama would say also, that he said, you know what? One scholar, he said, from the second, third century, which means that if we didn't have these, he had some money, that scholar had some money. He said, if we didn't have these gold and silver coins, some money that Allah has given us through business and whatnot. Then la tamandala. Tamandala, the word mindil. You know mindil? Mindil means handkerchief. We use yours to clean your nose. Handkerchief. Tamandala is the verb for, for mindil. To use a handkerchief is called tamandala. So he said that these kings would have used us as a handkerchief. Meaning, they would have, they would have, because they have money and we don't, and we are in tough situations, they would have used their upper hand, material upper hand over us, to make us do things that we don't want to do. And use us for their dirty laundry. But alhamdulillah, we have some money, so when they say, hey, do this for us, we say, nope, we don't need to do this for you. We're not going to serve, we're not going to be your slave. So there are many different narrations of this sort. 
that explain to us that having a, f- a few dollars in your pocket is actually very good because it makes you independent from these people who, ha- who try to buy you out. So for a believer, again, very pragmatic. No one is saying don't have money. How pragmatic, beautiful deen. Take care of your dunya as well. Take care of your deen as well. Um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the Quran, وَلَا تَنْسَ نَصِيبَكَ مِنَ الدُّنْيَا Allah told Qarun. Qarun had tons of money. But he didn't want to have a retirement package in the akhirah. He wanted to be destitute. Right? He had so much, how much money did he have? لَتَنُوءُ بِالْعُصْبَةِ الْقُوَّةِ That just the keys to his treasures had to be carried by a group of strong men. The keys to his treasures had to be carried by a strong group of strong men. Allah told him, قَوْمُ No, not Allah. His own nation told him, لَا تَفْرَحْ don't act arrogant. Why are you so haughty just because you've got money? Why has that money gotten into your head? His nation told him. Allah does not like arrogant people. Those who are uh, uh, proud over their wealth. Go search and seek out from that which Allah has given you the hereafter. Meaning Allah has given you money. You, this is an amazing door to Jannah. Amazing door to Akhirah. If you've got money, if you've got stock, if you've got property, if you've got wealth, do not underestimate the power of this. You can actually do so many great things for who? For yourself. For your Akhirah. People are out there trying to buy real estate and build and renovate homes and compete with one another. You should get into the game. Roll up your sleeve and get into the game. And say, I am going to get into the game. How? I am going to invest like no one else. MashaAllah, the Uzbek brothers are here. I remember one Uzbek brother. I don't know if he's here right now or not. SubhanAllah. But he, he told me in Ramadan, you know, it was, it was so nice listening to him. He said, you know, brother, I have a goal. I'm doing business. But my goal is, SubhanAllah, that when I enter the masjid, I should look at whatever cause, maybe the entire masjid, the entire Ramadan-filled masjid should donate an amount and I should be able to give more than what everyone has given. And then he said, SubhanAllah, just like Uthman Ghani would come and he would literally you know, knock the ball out of the park. How did he knock the ball out of the park? Because he had money. But with money, he had unbelievable level of iman. People are always focusing on Abu Bakr and Umar Uthman's money and Abdurrahman Auf's money. But they don't think that they had money doesn't, if money did everything, then we would be in a different place right now. 56 you know, Muslim countries with multi- millions of, you know, of billions of dollars can't help the Muslims today. So money itself doesn't do anything. You need to have iman. But what did he do? He would come and Uthman ibn Affan would just literally just take over. How many people? How many? The army, Ya Rasulullah, I got it. Who's gonna help? I got it. Who's gonna help? I got it. Who's gonna help? Again and again and again. Uthman is raising his hand because why? The other people are stingy? No, they just don't have. They don't have. The wife doesn't have breakfast. The, the kids didn't have, went to sleep hungry last night. Where are they gonna be able to give for the expedition? But Uthman, Allah had blessed him. So then he used that blessing for the akhirah. So this is the type of jazbah, the type of desire we should all have. That, Ya Allah, give me dunya so that I can build my akhirah. Give me dunya so that I can help others. This type of commitment, MashaAllah, is commendable. So what did Qarun, his people say to him? Or rather, Allah is telling him to him as well. I Go ahead and search for the hereafter. Go ahead. Oh, wait. Go ahead and search for the hereafter. Go ahead and search for your hereafter in this dunya. Okay? Everyone got that? And do not forget your portion of this dunya. 
We're not telling you to be hungry here. Eat. This is what one of the explanations of this portion of this ayah means. tansa. Do not forget. Nasibaka, your share from this dunya. Meaning you have, a, you have a right to eat. You have a right to have a comfortable home. You have a right to, to do things. Go, and no one is telling you that you are not allowed to do that. But don't forget the akhirah. وَأَحْسِنْ كَمَا أَحْسَنَ اللَّهُ إِلَيْكَ And be kind towards everyone, including towards Allah. كَمَا أَحْسَنَ اللَّهُ إِلَيْكَ The way Allah has been kind towards you. وَلَا تَبْغِلْ فَسَادَ فِي الْأَرْضِ And do not use this money that you have to cause chaos on the earth. إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُحَبُّ الْمُفْسِدِينَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not like those who cause corruption. So this is, again, people who have money say, Brother, what does the deen say? Alhamdulillah. We don't, we don't preach the, 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 the wealth gospel, successor, right? Just, just make money. The, unfortunately, they have, there's out there people who say, you know what, that just, just, you'll find God in just earning, earning and spending, buying a private jet for me. <laughs> right? That's what they say. Do fundraising. The, 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 the pastor is doing fundraising for his own private jet, not one, two, three. So that's not what our deen teaches us. But also, the deen doesn't say that if you have money, that you have to give it all away and sit hungry on the street. So, O oh Allah, take care of my deen, which is the crux of my affairs. Take care of my dunya in which is my living, which I live. Okay. And O oh Allah, rectify my akhirah in which I have to return back to. Take care of my akhirah which I have to go back to. So, three things. Take care of my deen. Then, what was after that? Dunya. And then, after that? Akhirah. Take care of my deen, dunya, and akhirah. And then, Ya Allah, every single day that I live in this world, allow me always to be enjoying profit. Profit of any sort. A'mal profit, dunya profit, whatever. Just doing good. Oh Allah, make my life a means of increase in every goodness. In all goodness. Like now, Alhamdulillah, today we got Saturday. So this Saturday should be so much more productive than yesterday. Tomorrow, inshallah, we live on Sunday. We have a much more productive than today, Saturday. Every day that Allah is giving us life, we are actually investing and doing better in every sense of the word. Otherwise, what's the point to live if you go down? You don't want to go down. You want to keep on living till when? Till you reach the pinnacle. And when Allah in His infinite knowledge knows that from here it's only downhill, no more going uphill, that's when you want Allah to take you away. Allahumma, Allahumma ja'al akhira yawmi, uh, Allahumma ja'al khayra yawmi yawma al-qaqa fi. Oh Allah, make the best day of my life the day I come to meet you. That should be the best. When, the, when we are at the peak of our life, when Allah knows from here is no more going up, it's only going down, down, down. That's when, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to take us away. And then, when we do die, whenever that's meant to be, it shouldn't be like, oh man, we missed out. There was a big opportunity to earn akhirah. If I had just lived one more extra day, some big XYZ thing was going to happen, and I could have been a part of it, and I could have built a beautiful akhirah. No, no. Make my death a means of protection from every evil. Death should be the biggest gift for me. Because if I lived another day, I know I would have fallen into a big musibah. So death in reality is what? It is a tuhfatul mu'min al-maut. Tuhfa, gift. For a believer, death is a gift. 
So we're asking Allah to make our death our gift. That if I were to have lived another day, I may have lost my iman. If I were to live another day, I may have lost my, my credibility in the community. Lost my honor. So now you want to die in a state that you're, you have a great honor, great health, great everything. Even health. That's why it's mentioned in hadith, وَجْعَلْهُ الْوَارِثَ مِنَّا Oh Allah, give me healthy eyes, ears, okay, and mind, and all this body, and make them last till my death. Meaning, I don't want to die, I don't want, I don't want to be, have working eyes and ears and mind right before I die. And then I die in a state that they all stop working. No, no. I want them to outlive me, if I can say that. Meaning, I die in a state that my eyes, ears, and body are in beautiful shape. Subhanallah. These are the beautiful du'as of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, right? And this is the du'a that we just did. The Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam, I told you, would not leave from a gathering without doing this. Meaning he always made this du'a. So you can get these du'as from Al-Hizbul A'zam. You can find that downstairs in the bookstore. Or Munajat Maqbul, uh, the accepted whispers. They are a beautiful collection of du'as. If you don't already have a copy, make sure you get one. Munajat Maqbul, accepted whispers of Al-Hizbul A'zam. That has the prophetic du'as and make a point of reading through these du'as every single day. They are about, as I said, 200 du'as, and they're divided over seven days of the week. So inshallah, if you read it every single day, uh, you will have completed in, every, in one week, inshallah, all the prophetic du'as. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept this du'a on our behalf as well. As we all, let's read it together once. Allahumma, aslih li dini alladhi huwa ismatu amri wa aslih li Dunyaya Alati Fiha Maashi Waslihli Akhirati Alati Fiha Maadi Wajalil Hayata Ziadatan Li Fi Kulli Khair Wajalil Mauta Rahatan Li Min Kulli Shar. Okay, Amin Abul Alameen. So we have a little different schedule today, brothers. Uh, we, the issue is here that because Fajr is late, and our dars, obviously we need to do half an hour, 45 minutes or so, then we have the Hif students that come, and they have, they have to start their classes. A hundred boys are coming every, alhamdulillah, six days a week. And the area downstairs where we eat breakfast is the same place where the Hif students have their classes. That's why we are requesting everyone to cooperate a little bit. Alhamdulillah, we're here. We get the reward of, of standing and waiting after Salat al-Fajr for Ishraq. We request everyone not to pray the Ishraq right now. Kindly, if we can please proceed downstairs, have the breakfast, inshallah. But don't forget, then before you leave home, perform your Salatul Ishraq. What is the reward for that? You get a reward of an accepted Hajj and Umrah. And another reward is Allah takes care of the needs of the day. Because you stayed in the masjid doing dhikr and the remembrance of Allah from Fajr all the way till past sunrise. So this is my request to all of us, inshallah. And I want to thank our brothers from the Uzbek community who not only uh, brought the uh, breakfast today for all of us, but Alhamdulillah came in beautiful numbers. For those of you who know and who don't know, this program happens every single Saturday. Every single Saturday. So we, are all, we invite all all of you to be a regular here on Saturday mornings for the talk, for the dua, and for the breakfast, inshallah. After the breakfast, inshallah, there is uh, Ishraq Salah, and then you can go to the gym. The gym, there is volleyball, there is a running track, there is uh, alhamdulillah basketball, whatever sports you, the brothers here want to play, the adults mostly, and youth also, mashallah. They are, we encourage you to come to the, to the court, uh, out, to the gym in the back, and inshallah, ta'ala, uh, play there as well. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اللهم السلام والسلام وطوارت يا ذا الجلال والإكرام اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم 
اللهم يا حي يا قيوم صلي على سيدنا محمد صلاة تنجينا بها من جميع الأحوال والآفات وتقضي لنا بها جميع الحاجات وتطهرنا بها من جميع السيئات وترفعنا بها عندك على درجات وتبلغنا بها من جميع الخيرات في الحياة وبعد الممات إنك على كل شيء قدير اللهم يا حي يا قيوم برحمتك نستغيث أصلح لنا شأننا كله ولا تكلنا إلى أنفسنا ترفتعين اللهم ربنا آتينا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار اللهم ربنا لا تزق قلوبنا بعد إذ هديتنا وهب لنا من لدنك رحمة إنك أنت الوهاب اللهم ربنا أفرغ علينا الصبر وتوفنا مسلمين اللهم انصر الإسلام والمسلمين وعز الإسلام والمسلمين واحفظ الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم انصر من نصر دين محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وجعلنا منهم واخذل من خذل دين محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ولا تجعلنا معهم اللهم ألهمنا مراشد أمورنا وعذنا من شرور أنفسنا اللهم ألهمنا مراشد أمورنا وعذنا من شرور أنفسنا اللهم نجعلك في نحورهم ونعوذ من شرورهم اللهم نجعلك في نحورهم ونعوذ من شرورهم اللهم نجعلك في نحورهم ونعوذ من شرورهم اللهم اغفر لحينا وميتنا وشاهدنا وغائبنا وصغيرنا وكبيرنا وذكرنا وانثانا اللهم من احييت منا فاحيي على الاسلام ومن توفيت منا فتوفه على الايمان او الله we ask you to have mercy upon the entire ummah oh Allah please we ask you to end the oppression oh Allah we ask you to allow this oppression to end ya Allah grant victory to the believers wherever they may they may be oh Allah those who are suffering from infighting those who are suffering from external influ- uh, external forces and those who are suffering ya Allah from natural disasters we ask you Allah to end their suffering to end their suffering grant them respite grant them respite oh Allah grant them safety grant them peace grant them food grant them sustenance grant them security oh Allah have mercy on the cries and, and of the young ones of the cries of the, uh, the elderly women oh Allah the cries of the widowers and the widows oh Allah have mercy on their pleas oh Allah allow their cries and their pleas to reach your throne ya Allah allow your angels to descend and allow your mercy to come into full uh, uh, full force ya Allah oh Allah provide for all those who do not have food oh Allah provide security for those who don't have a home for those who don't have oh Allah safety for those who, don't, who do not have oh Allah we ask you to do not test us with difficulty now that you have ta- allowed us to taste safety and security oh Allah allow us to be thankful and grateful to you for the safety that we're enjoying and the food that we're enjoying allow us to become thankful and grateful to you Allah oh Allah grant shifa to all those who are sick grant maghfirah to all those who passed away brother Hisham's father who passed away yesterday or Thursday night we ask you Allah to grant him Jannah to Firdaus and uh, elevate his status and accept all the khair and the good that he had done and grant sabr jameel to his family oh Allah all, else, all other brothers and sisters from the community who are going through any type of difficulty and, and difficulty at home infighting with their spouses with their children with their parents with their siblings oh Allah we ask you to end this, this infighting and this, these, these attacks of shaitan and nafs within the homes oh Allah we ask you Allah to grant full reward to our brothers of the Uzbek community Community. Ya Allah, who brought their, their home-cooked food, Ya Allah, and made lots of effort to prepare breakfast for all of us. Ya Allah, put barakah in their health, put barakah in their wealth, put barakah in their families, put barakah in their good intentions. Ya Allah, Ya Allah, save their generations. Ya Allah, as amazing jazbah and desire for deen that the parents have, allow the young children to follow in their footsteps, Ya Allah, and protect their community, Ya Allah, from, from dissolving and from, from losing their identity. Allow this Uzbek community, Ya Allah, to become the strongest of communities in this country in the matters of deen, and allow them, Ya Allah, to revive Islam in the West, Ya Allah, and across the globe. Subhana Rabbika Rabbil Izzati Amma Sifoon Wa Salaamun Al Musaleen Walhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Jazakumullah Khaira Assalamu Alaikum Warahmatullahi Wabarakatuh Again, we request everyone to proceed downstairs. Don't forget your du'as and thank our hosts and inshaAllah perform your ishraq salah afterwards.